0: The purpose of this shear is to shift your focus from being compulsive consumers of the daily news and make you realize that what's going on here is a radically different thing than you're used to. It's not a political or military issue at the root. But we're going to see in Chazal from our sources that we're dealing here with something that's fundamental in the history of the Jewish people and hopefully it will redirect your thinking away from a very superficial, coincidental, secular perspective to an authentic Torah perspective. Let me read you the introduction to this Shear that I gave the first time I gave the Shear. This she'er was given over 30 years ago. And the irony is that everything in this she'er that I will be saying was said 30 years ago and nothing has changed. That's part of the proof of the authenticity, the eternity of Torah and the fact that we are living what is Torah history. I'm going to read you what I wrote. The last hundred, well, I had to update it because when I said it, it was the last hundred years. Now it's the last hundred and twenty five years. Has seen a conflict between Muslim Arabs and Jews. This conflict has been a steadily escalate, it has been steadily escalating in intensity. And many people saying at each stage, this is as bad as it can get. There must be a resolution. It was said after the 1949 armistice agreement. It was set after the 1956 Suez War. It was said after the Six Day War, after the Yom Kippur War, after the Lebanese War in 82, the Intifada in 87, the Saddam Hussein scud missiles in 91, suicide bombs in 96, and worse and worse kept happening. There are things so horrendous they could hardly have been imagined. At the time I wrote it, it was ten years ago. Now you can imagine, can't even imagine what we just saw now. Is this conflict a coincidental development of historical, political, economic, and sociological forces? The behavior of the parties, especially the Arabs, against their basic interests seems to indicate something more fundamental in Jewish history. That's what we're going to see sources. So I want you to open up Bracious Perik Yud Zion before we get to the first source which is a Zohar on these psukim. So we want to start we're going to start with Perik Yud Zion Perik Posak Aleph Everybody, please follow inside, and I want you to pay close attention to certain words that keep repeating themselves. Parak Yud Zion, Sefer Brachus Vayihi Avram Ben Tishim Shana V'Teisha Shanim. I'm not going to translate. You have the art scroll if you don't follow the Hebrew. Vayihi Avram Ben Tishim V'Teisha Shana Shana Tishim Shana Shanim Vayer Hashem El Avram Vayomrei Lavani Hashem Anikel Shakai. Hitalech lefanai ve'yetamin ve'adnav briti be'niu ve'necha ve'arbeled chabem od meod. The first occurrence of the word covenant. Brit. Ve'pol Avram apanavi daverto elokim lemor ani hine briti itach. Second time, I'm giving you the covenant. Ve'aiita laavam on goyim veloi kareot et shimcha Avram Avraham. Ki av hamon goyim nitaticha. V'hifreitiyotcha v'meod meod, u'nitaticha ligoyim u'melachim imcha yetzehu, v'hakimotiyet briti, there it is again, v'ni uveinecha uvein z'aracha achareche ledorotam, livrit olam, an eternal covenant. What is this covenant? <coughs> now we're going to start getting into the details. L'yot l'cha le'elokim, I am going to be to you a god, ulazarakha ulazarakha kharekha bnatati lkha ulazarakha kharekha et eretz migurekha et kol eretz kenan lakhuzat olam so here's the here's the bilateral we are going to make i call his our god and he's going to give us eretz kenan the ayeti lahem lelo kim i'm going to be for you the god bayom lelo kim avraham atay briti tishmor there it is again Atav vezaracha harecha le zot briti. This is the covenant Hashem tishmeru beni uveinechem uvein zaracha harecha. All of your offspring himol lachem kol zachar. Here we have brit milah. Unam alchemet b'sar or latchem v'ayal leot brit beni Venechem. You probably lost count how many times that word brit has appeared already in these few psukim. Let's skip now to Pesach Tetvav. Now you remember this is when Avram is already has Yishmael many years ago because Sarah was barren. Hagar was given over to him and he had Ishmael and now he's saying that Sarah is going to have her name changed to Sarah and she's going to have a child which she didn't have till now. Amazing. Avraham Elokim. pay attention to the next four words Lu yishma'el So that word lu you need to understand you need to know old English before the Americans corrupted the language and hopefully the Brits know that the word lu means wood Wood is a, is a language of wish would that it be true Lu, and we have a modern Hebrew song, Lu Yeheh, we wish that it be true. Lu Yishmael Yechiel Lefanecha. Would that Yishmael lives before you. Vayomer Elohim, aval sarai shtacha yoledet l'cha That word aval is also important. Aval implies, but. I heard what you said. But, despite what you said, Sarah will have a bane. V'karat et'shvo yitzchak v'akimoti et briti Ito livrit olam uli zaroach harav the covenant will be with Yitzhak. and then the next pasuk uli Yisrael Shma Ticha. But I heard what you said, Lu Yisrael Yechiel lefanekha. I heard that, and therefore Hinei beirachti otovi vreti otovi here beiti oto mevod maod shnei masarsh nee. He he's going to be blessed. The briti, but my covenant I came at I hope you're already picking up the tension here. HaKadosh Borchu, we're going to see it in the Zohar more explicitly. HaKadosh Borchu is telling Avram he's going to have a son from Yitz, from Sarah. His response, This is so unbelievable. I'd be satisfied just with Yishmael. And Avram says, despite that, you're going to have a son and the Brit comes from Yitzchak skip to Chav gimel one passage later everybody got circumcised ishmael also got circumcised Okay. Now let's see the Zohar. So the Zohar was originally in Aramaic. You have a Zohar that was translated into Hebrew. Uh, I'm going to read it more or less jumping back and forth between the, it's the, sor- the first source on the source page. I'm going to be jumping back uh, between the uh, Hebrew and the English because some of the words in Hebrew are very compelling. So, Reb Chia proclaimed and cried. All right. It nagir ubacha. He cried by quoting the Possef. Vatihi Sarai akara in lavlad. Vay al woe on this. I'm sorry, I see that I, the Zorah have his Aramaic. Okay. Woe to this that Sarah was barren. Vay ala hu zimna de, ilo, de, otli, de olidat hagar li Ishmael it's a woe to the time that Yishmael was born to Haga and Rabbi Yossi said back to him what's the big deal? didn't Sarah give birth later and she had a child of holy lineage i.e. Yitzhak. and Rabbi Chia's response was Rabbi Chia's response was I see and you see uh, right? Atchami v'anachamina I see and you see but we ain't seeing the same thing okay? woe for the time because Sarah was barren, remember that was the opening Pasuk, he said, Woe to the fact that Sarah was barren. And it said, Avram, he, she told Avram, Take my maidservant. And she had a son from Avram. And Avram said to God, Would that Yishmael live before you. So here's the, let's get the chronology. So Sarah is barren, she gives over Hagar, Ishmael is born. And then when God comes to Avram to tell him that he's going to have a son from Sarah, Avram's response is, until God responded, I heard what you said for Yishmael. Woe to all of this. Afterwards, Yishmael was circumcised, entering the Holy Covenant. And who was circumcised first? Av Yitzchak or Yishmael. Yishmael was circumcised first. So now we have an argument between the angel of Yishmael and God. The angel of Yishmael was arguing with God according to one of the Midrashim that was going on for deck for centuries. He's saying like this, was Yishmael circumcised? Yes. So he should also have a connection to the divine because the circumcision, the Brit Milah, is a connection to God. How come he doesn't have a share in the divine like Yitzchak does? And the response was, Yitzchak was circumcised, I'll have to read the words in, in their original, while Yishmoel's Brit was not the same. Furthermore, who gets Brit's Milah in eight days? Yitzchak's descendants. Yishmoel, the descendants of Ishmael. If you know anything about Muslim culture, they also get circumcised, but they they don't do it till they're 13 years old because Yishmael was circumcised at 13 and therefore their tradition is you get circumcised at 13. So Yitzchak's descendants attached themselves to God appropriately after eight days. Yishmael's descendants remained attached for quite a while. What was the angel's response to that? Despite this, he was circumcised. Shouldn't he get a proper reward for that? And here again, woe continues Rabbi Chia. Woe, oh, vie vi for the time that Ishmael was born, vie for the time that he, was, that he was circumcised. What did God do? So now we've got this conflict. The angel is saying Ishmael was circumcised, and he deserves something. So says says the Madras, says the Zohar, he distanced the descendants of Ishmael from attachment to the Elyonim, to the upper world. And he gave Yishmoel, the descendants of Ishmael connection in the lower world. Well, where do you connect to God in the lower world? In Eretz Yisroel. Here is a source that the descendants of Yishmoel have some rights in Eretz Yisroel. Because of the circumcision that they have, they were also circumcised. And the descendants of Yishmoel are destined to rule... For a long time over Eretz Yisrael, when it's completely devoid, I have this as a standalone. Um, I have this as a standalone source. Uh, t- where is it? Number two. Yes, number two. Zminin, uh, jump down there because it's. I, I want you to read it, hear it in the Aramaic, and then Zminin b'nei Yishmael and Mishlat ve'Ara Kadisha they are either prepared or invited, lishmat, to control the Holy Land, when it's reikanya mikala, when it's empty. Zimna sagi, for a long time. What does that mean, that it's empty? But go back into our Zohar source. Why is it true? Just as their mila is empty, without completeness and listen to this, they will delay the Jews from returning to their place until the merit they have is depleted. So this is already, we're be, a little bit beyond this. Because again, I said, the shir was given thirty over 30 years ago. There were a third of the number of Jews in Eretz Yisrael then as there are today. About 30 or 35%. And there was a lot of hesitation. But Baruch Hashem, today we have half the Jewish people in Eretz Yisrael. But it's still, they're still causing a barrier, but not the same way. Okay, and let's analyze. Let's see a few sources before we go back to this idea. What does it mean they have rights in Eretz Yisrael when Eretz Yisrael is empty? Uh, what does it mean to be empty? Maybe I will give an introduction now. So, um, right now, if somebody comes into this base medrash, is the base medrash empty or full? Base medrash is full everybody's going to go out to lunch. And then somebody's going to come in and say, is the base medrash empty or full? Now the base medrash is empty. But if I would bring a moving van to move all the chairs and tables out of the base medrash, and they would come in and we would say, is the base medrash empty or is the base medrash full? Base medrash is not empty. It's full of tables and chairs. When everybody left and we looked at the base medrash, we said it's empty. But when a moving guy comes in, he looks at the base and it's full. What's the difference? I always tell the story of my science teacher in seventh grade. He used to, in those days, milk came in glass bottles. He used to bring into science class a glass bottle of milk with nothing in it. And he used to hold it up and ask the class, what's in this bottle? And everybody, of course, if you didn't know science, everybody answered, Nothing. And he smiled. Wrong answer. What's in the bottle? Air. air. So you guys had the same, probably the same experience in science. Okay, so I remember that very well. Guess what? He was wrong, and we were right. A milk bottle without milk is empty. There's air. A milk bottle without milk is empty. A base medrash without talmidim is empty. But with desks. Well, for a mover, it's full. So what does it mean, Eretz Yisrael, kad iure kanya mikala, that when Eretz Israel is empty? Well, empty means it doesn't have in it what it's supposed to have. That's when it's empty. We'll leave it at that for now. We're going to come back to it. Okay, so let's see now source number one. Just to show you that the Arab-Israel conflict, the Muslim-Jewish conflict, is not a new conflict. Gomorrah Sanhedrin, v'yishuv Achaz Bo b'nei yishmuel u'b'nei Keturah ladun im Yisrael. And what do they say? Eretz k'na'ad, Shalanu Vishalachem. Two states. We split the land. Where's the source? At the end of Parshas, told, at the end of Parshas, chayisorah, it says, Eilat told us yishmuel ben Avraham, and in the beginning of Parshas told us, it says, Ela told us, Yitzchak ben Avraham. So we're both b'nei Avraham. And to whom was the land promised? To Avraham. We're both descendants of Avraham. Therefore, we both have rights in Eretz Yisrael. And then we have source 2, which we saw already. So the Meshach in analyzing the Pesukim that we read, 7, 8, 9, 10, and 11... Where, where there's then, let's go back and just read the psukhim carefully, and you'll see where the Meshach, what what the Meshachachah's point is. Go with Zion, start, go back to Pasuk Zion. Vachimoti ebriti beni uveinecha, uvein zarachachacharecha le dorotam le brito lam, covenant. Venatati lechaolo zarachachacharecha and eretz mugurecha, we're going to get eretz, Yis, eretz, cannot eretz yisrael. And then Pasuk the V'atayit B'riti tishmor, you keep the covenant. And what is that covenant? Asher Tishmur B'ni U'veneichem U'veneichem U'veneichachacharecha, B'rit Mila. u'namaltem et V'saror Levchem. So you know that there till this moment there were Sheva Mitzvos B'nei Noach. And Avram was bound by those seven Sheva Mitzvos B'nei Noach. This mitzvah is the first mitzvah that was commanded uniquely to Avram. It's the eighth mitzvah. That number eight is very significant, always in Judaism, because eight implies a transcendence beyond the natural system. But this is the this is the mitzvah that Abram got. Says the Meshech you know, when you, you you when you make it when you want to buy land, you need a kinyin. It Has to be a Kenyan Kesef Shtar Chazaka. What was our Kenyan in Eretz Yisrael? Says the Meshech This was the coin by which Avram paid for Eretz Yisrael. That was our Kenyan. The Brismila is the Kenyan that we get in Eretz Yisrael. That is source number three. Source number four. Now we're going to get down to the nitty gritty. Medrash <speaking> in Rabba. <Hebrew> we don't. If we don't fulfill. Mila we get we don't go we we go into eretz if we fulfill if we fulfill mila we go into eretz soil. if we don't we don't And now look at the argument source 5 I am greater than you says Yishmael to Yitzchak. because i ben older you got circumcised at 8 days and me 13 years old why does that make him greater At 13 he had a choice so I did it out of choice. I allowed bris with consciousness. You, you have no choice. That makes me greater in mitzvos than you. And the only response we have is what it says there in the Zohar, but that our mitzvah was, our mitzvah, his mitzvah was not kidibai. It wasn't proper. And we're going to have to understand what's the difference between his bris at 13, which appears on the surface better, and our bris milah at eight days, which doesn't appear quite so significant. Let's just see source number six. That bris mila seems to be very, very significant in the battle over Eretz Yisrael. So let's talk now. Put some an important point out there, and that is the difference between the bris that we do, and the bris that the v'nei do, which on the, Shmuel is claiming mine is actually better, because I did it at 13, more painful, with choice, etc. Where do we step in to have an advantage? Our bris milah, listen to the words, bris milah, bris is a covenant, is our circumcision, it's a covenantal act. And what's the covenant? That we take God as our God Yeshmoel, it's a, just a physical act so that's what it so the 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 circumcision of Yeshmoel and that's what it meant in the in the Zohar when it said in response to the Angels claim so it's it, it was not the the Yitzhak was done it also means the content of that brismila was covenantal rather than just physical so now we get to a very important point. As Jews, we need to be loyal to the covenant. That's part of what gives us the right to Eretz Yisrael. Are we fulfilling the covenantal aspect of the Brit, or is it simply physical? Because if all we have is the physical, we'll call it the traditional, the the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Where we just do it out of uh, culture and that's just what Jews do, and it lacks a covenantal aspect. then it's very unfortunately, painfully uh, obvious that yishmoel's bris is better than ours. So we have to make sure that our Brismila that when we are akin- that we when we do the Brismila, it's a commitment of the covenantal act. Let's now see. A couple of other sources, again, very predictable about what we're seeing. Source number seven. So the, the Medrash tells us that there were six people in Tanakh who were given their names before they were born. One was Yitzchak, as we saw in the Psukim, that HaKadosh Baruch says, vi Mo Yitzchak. One of them was Yishmael. Now we have in the Torah, if you go ahead to Parshas Vayera, right, is that... Maybe we'll just see it inside, and then you'll see how there's a contradiction between the psukim and the medrish, at least, of course, on the surface. Uh, So, where are we here? Go to chapter 21, and that's the chapter where Sarah threw Hagar out of the house because she didn't want... um, her to be to, she didn't want, and then afterwards she threw Yishmol out of the house. Okay, so she threw Yishmol out of the house because he was he, she saw that it's not appropriate for him to be around Yitzchak. And then um, you have uh, verse Yud Zayin where they're in the desert, no water. The water is finished. Pasuk Yud Shamayim Right? And shekumi Siatanar, there's gonna be wa- there will be water, and he was saved. Okay? So where is it here? I'm sorry. Um Right, so it's so he was called Yishmael because HaKadosh Baruch Hu heard the cry. Shama et kol That implies Yishmael. Okay? So, let's now look at, at source 7. Vav Nikru Temal al-shalom noldu. One of them was Yitzchak and one was Yishmael. Lama Nikru Shmo Yisrael? Ah, Yishmael. Listen carefully. Lishmoa B'kol Naakat Ha'am. God is destined in the future to hear the voice of pain from the nation. In response to what the descendants of Yishmael are going to be doing to the Jewish people at the end of history. Listen what it says. We're going to be crying because of what they're doing to us, and God is going to listen. And therefore, Neymar, Yishma kale this is another pasuk, Yishma the it's a pasuk in Tehillim, Yishma name. God will listen and answer our prayers, put the two words, Yishma Keel, Yishmael, says the Medrash, that he's called Yishmael, because he's going to force us, to turn in pain, to HaKadosh borchu and Be'ezrat Hashem HaKadosh Baruch is going to listen. But it's a response to the suffering that He inflicts upon us that causes us to turn and daven in a much more amplified way. Again, we, this was mentioned 32 years ago. I don't think we need any updates for you not to see that that's exactly what's happening now. Okay, that's basically just give you a perspective that what's going on now is part of the script. There's a conflict. Ishmael has certain rights based on his Briismila that he had and being a descendant of Avram. It's our job to make sure that our rights overpower, overcome his rights. And the thing that we have to be focused on, we're here in this land. Now I'm going to go back maybe to the idea of empty. What does it mean, Eretz Yisrael, is empty? Well, empty means it doesn't have in it what it's supposed to have. What is Eretz Yisrael supposed to have? Jews. But not just Jews. Jews living Torah. So as long as Eretz Yisrael doesn't have Jews living Torah, we could say it's as empty as that milk bottle without milk. That, I think, is again where the conflict comes, is that we want to neutralize their rights over Eretz Yisrael. We have to make sure that we are reversing the the Reikanya the Mikola, and that Eretz has exactly what it's supposed to have in it, Jews living Torah. That's the fidelity to the covenant. Let's just see a couple of other aspects of how Chazal um, could have been writing today's Lahavdil, could be writing today's newspapers, or newspapers for the last 150 years. It's all in Chazal centuries before so there's a medrash um, on the Posuk "Va'yik'en eschelkas hasade." This is when Yaakov comes back to Eretz Yisrael from Lovon, the end of Lovon, and he goes and he and he gets to Shechem. "Va'yik'en chelka hasade, asher not hasham ohalo b'mayek sita." This is when he purchased Shechem. Amar Rav Yudan Bar Simon, "Ze echad mishlosha mekomos <speaking in Hebrew> so if you remember the first Rashi and Sefer bracious you guys hopefully prepared a little bit of Rashi on last week's, the opening of gracious says Rashi, the Torah should have started with the first mitzah. It started with bracious to teach us that when the non-Jewish world says, you are thieves, right out of the newspapers, you stole land. So the answer is no, Eretz Yisrael belongs to us because God created it and gave it to us. So it's already destined that they're going to be accusing us of of being thieves because we took their land. This medrash says there there are going to be three places recorded in Tanakh where they can't even begin to claim that we are thieves. They can't cheat us and say we stole it. The rest of Eretz Yisrael, they can say we stole it. And we need to say for Bracius the first Rashi. But there are three places where we basically have contracts recorded that we bought it. What are those three places? Maras <laughs> HaMachpela, Chevron, Beis HaMikdash, harabais Yerushalayim. And Kfuras Yosef, Shechem. Maras HaMachpela, Dixiv, Vayishma Ishma Avram at El Efron, by Avram Efron, by Avram Avram Efron, Right. Parshas Chayisara, he 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 counted out four hundred schkolem in 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 cash to buy it. Based Migdash, David HaMelech, right? Vayiten David LaArnon Bemokom, David HaMelech bought it from Arnon. Yosef, Kasad So three places where we have recorded Tanakh, that we actually paid money for it. Now, I don't want, somebody who never heard this year, if I would have asked you, what are the three hottest conflict points in the land of Israel? Certainly years ago, when we still had some connection to Shechem, the three points were clearly Yerushalayim, Hebron, and Shechem. Those are the three hot points. You go through history, read all the newspapers, for the last 75 years, those are always the three hot points. And those are exactly the three points where Hazal tell us we have recorded evidence that they belong to us. One, Okay, source number nine. See, the morale deals with a very important problem. We know that there are four exiles. There are four kingdoms and there are four exiles. The four kingdoms were Babylonia, Persia, Greece, and Rome. And each of them was one of the exiles. The exile of Babylonia was the destruction of the first temple. The exile of Persia was the the Purim story. The Greek exile was the Hanukkah story. And the Roman exile is the destruction of the second temple that we're still unfortunately living through. Hopefully it's being reversed. Four exiles, four nations, four kingdoms. What happened to Yishmael? They are a world power. Why aren't they also mentioned by Hazal as one of the forces that oppose Klal Yisrael? Because each of those Malchiyot, the, right, the, the, the Babylonians took over our control of Eretz Yisrael. We got it back when the second temple was built. Uh, we, got it back, we, 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 we got it back in the time of Ahasuerus again. And what's going on? Says the Maharal bin People ask the following question. Hechan rent Ramaz Malchut Sheim Malchut The Malchus Yishmael is a very, that's also a world power. And in fact, and this is the Morales time in the 16th century, so, you know, there was the Babylonian Empire, puff. puff uh, Persia, puff. Greece, puff. Rome, the Babylon, the Roman exile still in existence. But the Yishmael exile, the Yishmael, there was a world power. Why isn't it mentioned by Hazal? Shuba She Elazot Mashalozochar Malchut Ishmael Kiloy Hasheva Katuvrak Mauchut Shekiblu Malchut Kedishin Elyonim She Yarshu Malchut Israel Vikoha. We're talking here about kingdoms that got their power from us. They m Elu Dalud Malchios. Meaning, the Babylonians got power because they conquered us. We had the power, they took it away from us. The Persians took it away from us, the Greeks took it away from us, we got it back, and then the Babylonians took it from us. Did I say The Romans. Right? It was only because we lost it that they got it. But they didn't have it independently. They had to get it from us. Aval Malchut Yisrael lo yorash kochom in Malchut Israel. The Malchut, the the the, the Yisrael power doesn't come because they took it from us. Kikochov etopvol nitanlo Hashem yidbarach bifnei atzmo. They have it independently. Bishvil, where did they get it from? Haya mizera Avram, as descendants of Avram who is an av- avamon goyim, they as descendants of Avram have power independent of the Jewish people. Umizeh. I'm sorry, right? Avram said, God responded, I heard what you said. We're going to talk about this maybe in a minute, but you see then, that a lot of our problems emanated from Avram's few words, Lul Yishmael Koach Yishmael Now Yishmael has power as a descendant of Avram, independent of the Jewish people. Meaning every other nation got it from us. So bezrat Hashem we're going to get it back from the Roman exile. That's the base Hamikdash and Mashiach. We're going to get it back. But what about Yishmael? Umizel ein kasher maskir elu Chazal don't talk about Yeshmoel when it talks about Dalad Malchios because it only talks about the ones that oppressed us and got power from us. But Yeshmoel, and again, he goes on, and there's also a few other midrashim that I didn't bring. All of them that the, the oppression of Yishmael is going to be much more difficult. That there's a the, the, there's a, a pasuk. In, in, that in, in Bilam's curses or blessings, besumo kale. That at the time when Yisrael has power, it's going to be very painful. That's where we are. One more aspect about Eretz Yisrael. Again, just the, we'll we'll finish up by showing you that everything that's happening is happening according to script. As the Jewish people are coming back to Eretz Yisrael, and there's a. Really, one of the top Rambans in Chumash. So the P'sukim, if you have a real Chumash, it's kedai to open up. If you if you have a whole Chumash, if you only had Brachas, you're not going to see it. But if you have a whole Chumash, it's kedai to open up Va'yikra um, in the curses that are in the end of Va'yikra. And where is it here? And we want to pick up in the if you have this Va'yikra, so open up. Chapter 26. Again, this is the curses. When we don't listen to God, we're going to be thrown out of the land. There's going to be terrible things happening. Pick it up with verse 30. I'm going to read it in Hebrew quickly. I'll just focus on a couple of important words. Follow me in the English. Again, chapter 26, verse Lamed nishmarati et bamotchem vechratati et pigrechem al pigregi lilechem digala nafshi this is terrible destruction um, which is apparently the first temple destruction binatati orechem khorba the cities are going to be destroyed bashimoti et and the base of meekish is going to be desolate lo aref berekh ni khokhachem because there won't be any korbanos lashimoti ani et art i'm going to make the land desolate and your enemies are going to be honored in desolation, sitting in it, and I'm going to disperse you throughout the nations, I will unleash the sword, your land will be desolate, and your cities will be destroyed. That word Shmama, desolation, the Ramban is going to focus on three words, vishammu it's the it's the um it's in verse 32 vishammu aleha oizayhem hayoshvimba that the land will be desolate with your enemies sitting in the land says the ramban source number 10 the elud varim yaftiku bigulah atida haftashle ma yoter mikol daniel Right, that these Psukim, where we're eventually going to come back, the Zakharti Britavram, the end of the of the of the curses, they're promising redemption. The Khain Masha now quotes this Pasuk that we just read Vishamamu Alea Oy which sounds like bad news, part as part of the bad news. Everything's destroyed and desolate and everything. He tova. That's the good news. How? Mevaseret bechol Galuyot. It's going to inform us in all of our exiles The land will never receive our enemies. It's a proof of the truth of the Torah and a promise of that we have confidence in the authenticity and the future fulfillment of all these prophecies. You can't find in anywhere in the world a very fertile land. It was always settled, and there's lots of people, a thriving economy, thriving agriculture, and it gets destroyed. So, what happens after that land is is destroyed and it can't produce any fruit? It's eventually resettled. Every country. Look at Japan. Japan was did nothing more than Japan. Look at the Sahara Desert. Is the Sahara Desert ever? Going to produce? No, because it's not able to produce. But a land that did produce, even when it gets destroyed, it goes back to reproduce when people come back. So Eretz Yisoul is was a thriving agricultural community. And as Lo bla Uma and yet as since we're gone, Shamamu all the nations come and they try to settle it. Nothing works. The Kula Mishtadlim LaHosheva BeEin Yadam they all try to settle it and nothing works and if you're not sure what the land looked like for the 1500 years of exile 1600 years of exile have a quick look, I'm not going to read it you can read it yourself quickly famous piece from Mark Twain 1867 when he visited Palestine somehow or other he missed all those thousands of Palestinian settlements that they claim were there he he missed them because there was nothing there desolation, God forsaken 1867 so the Ramban is telling you what Mark Twain saw. He, he told you in the future this is what Mark Twain's gonna see in eighteen sixty seven. A desolate land, but it makes no sense because it was a great land. No, when enemies are there nothing happens. Now I always say God had a sense of humor. He sent Mark Twain in eighteen sixty seven, right before right before Kove with with Roth, uh, funded by Rothschild, started sending religious people to create some agricultural settlements. That was 1870. That's pre Aliyah Rishonah. This is pre Zionist, secular Zionist history. Okay, the first settlers were religious Jews sent by uh, funded by by uh, uh, Rothschild, Chovev Etsion, and the land started flourishing. Uh, a, a quirk of history. Everybody knows what the Green Line is. Green Line is you know, the West Bank and Gaza, and that's the, the, the controversy. But do you know why it's called the Green Line? The Green Line, it's a quirk of history that in 1949, when the War of Independence ended and there was an armistice agreement, so there were internationally recognized borders, and there were disputed borders. Jordan had no right to, the, to what's called the West Bank, Judea and Samaria. Egypt had no right to Gaza because it was disputed territory. And therefore, the UN maps they marked the recognized borders in purple marker and they they marked the disputed borders in green marker. And therefore the Israel inside of the green line, that was recognized territory, but between the green line and the purple line, the West Bank, that was disputed territory. So the green line was called the green line because of a green marker. Quirk of history. Anybody flying over the land of Israel in a helicopter from 1949 to 1967 did not need a map to see the green line. Because you could see wherever the Jews were living it was green and the West Bank was brown. Which according to the Ramban is exactly what's supposed to be because the Jews weren't living in the West Bank in Yehudah Sharon, and therefore it was not flourishing. Post-1967 all of a sudden everything is flourishing. So the green line, this is, this is mentioned, again it's not mentioned as, as the green line but you'll see if you go back and do some research in your old newspaper clippings in the, in the, in the 60s you could fly over Israel and see green where the Jews were and brown where the Jews weren't. So we're in the, hopefully, the final stages. The prophecies are coming true. Again, you open up the prophets and sometimes you don't realize it. This is a a whole other she'er where there are some midrashim that only now do we realize what the midrashim were even talking about. Because as the Rambam writes in the beginning of Hilchas Melachim, maybe we should have really started with that, Nobody knows what's gonna happen in the time of Mashiach. There's no Torah Shaba'opeh, we have no oral tradition to interpret the prophecies of what is it really gonna happen. And therefore the, Ramban, the Rambam writes, we only know how redemption's gonna happen after it happens. And therefore the Rambam writes, people shouldn't, people have no access to it, and therefore they shouldn't talk about it, because it doesn't increase your love or fear of God. And it's one of the examples we could say, and maybe we'll, this will end. People who know, and there may be access, there may be some people who have it. If they know, they don't talk. And the people who talk, according to the Rambam, they don't know. So we have to daven for it. Right now we're in an Eitzorah, no question about it. The B'nai Yishmol are, are kicking up their last, hopefully their last uh, you know, their last uh, breaths. Um, but it's part of the battle of Eretz Yisrael. And the win doesn't come militarily. The wind doesn't come politically. The win comes from Tfilah, Yishma Via V'ya'aneim, HaKodesh Here's how Tfilah, he will answer. And we need the army, as the, as the Gemara says, David, the only reason Yoav, David's general, succeeded is because David was learning Torah, and the only reason David could learn Torah was because Yoav was fighting the battles. We need the army to fight the battles, and we need to make sure that we are davening, and we are Com- recommitting to be authentic fulfillers of the covenant with Akrash Baruch